Podcast on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guests are George Hammer, who's the Chief Content Officer at IBM, and Kenji Cato, who is the founder of Wildfire Report. Welcome to the show. And we're going to be talking about their brand new documentary, Code and Response, which I saw at the Napa Film Festival, and I was just blown away by it. So welcome to the show, George and Kenji. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. George, tell us how this project came about. Well, uh, I work at IBM, and we do all sorts of hackathons, which are these events where they bring people like Kenji together to uh, solve a problem in a shortened period of time, 48 hours, 24 hours, uh, around a specific you know, initiative or cause. Uh, and in this, this per, uh, one particular initiative and cause that we, we as a company were passionate about um, is the impact of, of the climate change and how uh, what it, the additional stress and pressure is putting on first responders to try to make a difference, save lives. And we, you know, they've been using the same tools, mostly analog tools, paper maps, as in the film uh, Kenji talks to one of the fire marshals about for 100 years. And, you know, we thought maybe now's the time to, to see if technology can be unleashed to, to make a difference and help. Um, but we didn't we didn't know we were going to do a documentary at first. Uh, we just started talking to people like Kenji at these at these hackathons. And uh, I believe I believe we met Kenji in Fre- Fremont. Was it Kenji? Yeah, it was at the Fremont yeah. Welfare Hackathon. Yeah. And we started talking to the people and we're like, wow, there's a really, there's really interesting characters doing great things here. There's a, there's a great story. And this, this should be something more than just, uh, documenting a, uh, a hackathon or, a, 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 um, an event per se. This should be telling the story of the people themselves who are, uh, making a difference. And so we decided to turn the camera on them make them the heroes and stars of the film to show what uh, first responders, people, technicians, uh, coders, uh, people who run businesses at all different angles are are approaching this problem um, and the technologies they bring to the the forefront. Um, And so we made a a film, made a documentary. Uh, The purpose was to get distributed in places where people stream content today, Uh, not, not have it show up as an ad, but show up as real content that people seek out and um, happy to say, you know, it's, it's now streaming live on Amazon on Apple TV and Vimeo and in uh, five countries and languages. And uh, I'm pretty excited so far. It, oh, you should be. I mean, uh, this movie, this documentary is, uh, in- yeah, it was very fascinating and to see again, using technology and how we can, uh, y- use it to well for a variety of reasons but in this particular case to really help with all of these natural disasters that are taking place all over the world and there are more and more I've, I saw another documentary where they said that it was usually you know there's a certain fire season um, and now it's the fire season's all year round it's not just a certain period of time any longer and same thing with floods and so uh, the fact that you put your heads together to create 
wonderful uh, different all of the different coders uh, created amazing different uh, products to help during uh, a disaster and Kenji let's talk about yours uh, your project uh, being the founder of Wildfire Report and how it came about and why you were passionate about this particular topic yeah so I um, went to the uh, 2018 uh, call for code uh, Wildfire Hackathon event that was in Fremont California um, and, uh, didn't know much about the, the code response and the overall, uh, initiative from IBM at the time went, went more just because I'm kind of a tech guy that likes participating in these hackathon events. And, uh, for those that don't know, hackathons are really kind of these, uh, like George was saying, these compressed timeframes where you kind of sit down for a problem and try to use your skills and the technology that might be presented there and try to come up with a solution for a problem. Uh, and a lot of times there's a specific problem. And in the case of this hackathon event, it was wildfires. Um, and so I took my knowledge of technology and so forth, but also um, a personal experience over multiple years of having uh, family involved in what, having wildfires affect them uh, pretty substantially, as well as the wildfires we've had in California. They've been pretty devastating over the last couple of years. So yes. took that knowledge and uh, went to this hackathon event and built out a product called Wildfire Report. Um, the idea was to kind of you know, see if I could help people get information to them more quickly, as George was saying. You know, uh, a lot of times it's paper maps that the firefighters work with, and that's all they've got. And so I was kind of figuring out a way: how can I get them better data in a quicker time frame, in a way that makes sense for them in the field, but also helps individuals being affected by the wildfires. And so tell. Tell the listeners a little bit about what you exactly did to, to create yeah, this. Yeah, so um, at the hackathon event, uh, basically took um, things like satellite data, uh, map data that's online that comes from the Forest Service or from um, uh, different groups, CAL FIRE here in California or things like that, and brought that information together. And what I build is an interactive video um, that is kind of like a three to five minute quick video briefing fly through of that information. Um, but I try to specialize it for the viewer. So the idea is the application will let you, um, it's a mobile app. You can put it on your iPhone. Um, and the idea is that you tell it where you're at or where you want need to know information about. And it builds kind of this dynamic little video fly through because video for a lot of people is so impactful. It really helps them get the point across quickly. And but then it also gives you access to that information in the app as well. So you can kind of interactively look at the maps and figure out other things that might not be highlighted in the video. And was this used this year in the wildfires? Um, I've been testing it. Yeah. So it's been in kind of a beta testing. It's not open to the public quite yet. I'm testing it with several groups. Um, but the idea was to, you know, take this technology utilizing basically like a uh, cloud technology. So using IBM cloud, bring all this data together, deliver it to devices, and then get it out there. And so I'm testing it right now with uh, specific individuals who are testing the technology as well as uh, a couple of governmental groups I can't talk about quite yet, but uh, they're testing it and hoping that this next fire season uh, we can uh, deploy it here in California and as well as Washington State. And the other amazing part is since um, I came up with the concept for it, and especially because of the Code and Response movie, I've been getting inbounds from all over the planet, actually, now. Um, Australia, for example, is having devastating wildfires and we're getting inbounds from there as well. 
So uh, it definitely has started resonating with people, especially with the the massive uh, wildfires we're starting to see. Oh yes, and and, and what a great. Um, tool to have for everybody, you know, to help them through this. So, George, when you, um, how did IBM actually get really in- involved with this, and how did you choose some of the coders that for this particular documentary? Yeah, well, we um, we had a couple. We had a, we co- approached uh, casting the film in a pretty unique way, um, where we we looked at people who were participating in the hackathon and their submissions. And, and first we used that as like the first round of screeners. And we looked at who's creating cool things that can actually be implemented and make and, and be put in market um, as kind of a first round screener. And then we uh, followed up with them and, uh, and uh, interviewed them and found people who had strong personal stories on why they were doing it. They weren't just doing it for the money. They were doing it because of either they themselves or someone they know had been impacted by natural disasters. Um, and because we, you know, a, a good, a good human stories are really people latch on to as well. So that was our, our, our method of casting. We found, uh, a lot of people who were, uh, fit that bill, but then we wanted to have a diversity of technologies and locations. So we went to Japan, India, uh, Mexico City, uh, Puerto Rico, um, and that was our initial plan. But while we were filming, natural disasters were happening everywhere. There was more fire break- outbreaks in California, and we were like, oh, my God, we got to get up there because this entire town just burned down, and we have right. to ca- capture it so we can show the world. Um, and then there was mudslides in Indonesia and a tsunami, and we were like, oh, my God, we got to partner up with the U.N., get on their airplane and get in there so we can figure out what's happening right now, how's the aid being deployed, and what are the challenges for responders or, or seeking that technology can help. And then we were down in Puerto Rico, and it, we, we showed this shot in the film. We were in a bar on one of our last nights of filming in Puerto Rico. And the hurricane uh, was just touching land in uh, the Carolinas, and we're like, "How do we get up there <laughs> so that we can we can uh, capture this on film?" Um, and we actually didn't go go there until two weeks later because uh, we couldn't get there right away, and and we didn't know if they had a spot in the film. But when we realized two weeks after the the hurricane came through uh, this town. It was still completely underwater, and we saw this picture of this church still submerged um, in uh, in the New York Times. And we're like, "Oh my God, we got to get to that church, find out how these people are dealing with it, and why is it taking so long in order to 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 get aid and get help to these people?" And so, part of it was planned, and part of it was uh, Mother Nature kind of dictated where the story took us. How long did it take you to film this? Well, that is the the, the really crazy part we did everything in about two months oh, so wow. we went to like uh seven countries in two months just kind of a week at a time bouncing around um and uh we were pretty agile we were and we were editing uh, on the flights back like pulling our favorite select images and stuff so we can catalog it. Cause after that, we, we, uh, we had to, we wrapped shooting, uh, end of October. We had November and December to edit 
course, December is the holidays, but we had to get our first draft ready for our first film festival, which was Sundance, uh, January like 20th or so. So we had we had to edit the whole film in like two months, which some some, some documentarians typically take like a year or more, you know. So we were pretty agile. Um, and then to our surprise, we entered and were accepted to five more film festivals. So what we did, we kept iterating it every time between film festivals until we got to Napa Valley, which you saw, which was the last festival which we participated in before we launched the film uh, uh, on on Amazon. How has the response been for Code and Response at these various film festivals? George. Yeah, I'll, I'll take them, and I think it'd be good to hear from Kenji, too, because he gets to interact. A lot of people come up to him after the festivals as well, but from my perspective, you know, if I got paid in hugs, I'd be a rich man. Uh. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of people who, who come to these things and say, you know, uh, who know someone who's been impacted and say thank you, and also, more so than that, they come up and they're really interested in the technologies and when these can get in market to do something now. Like people really want help now. And that shifted our strategy a little bit from uh, what Call for Code was, which a little bit was like, let's develop some ideas and solutions, to IBM shifting the strategy on the initiative to more about, all right, let's take these winning solutions and put our corporate service core team behind it, put put money behind it and get these things in market to test before the next disaster happens exactly. so it was a it was you know it makes it it makes it so rewarding um and also you know it was a gamble to to do something like this and so it just it's always nice to know that um people reward film still in this era where people it's hard to keep someone's attention longer than 30 seconds yes and everyone's trying to program to the the minimum attention span that people will actually sit for an hour and 15 hour and a half in a theater and consume we hope there's a piece that they enjoy. But Kenji, you had you've had some experiences at the festivals too, yeah, right? I was going to ask Kenji. So what's <laughs> what's your experience been at the festival? I know I sought you out after the film. Um, we <laughs> talked extensively for quite a long time. But what's your yeah. uh, experience been, particularly Sundance? I mean, I'm, that was your first festival that you uh, showed the film. Uh, so let's. I'd love to hear what the reaction was at Sundance because there's such a great audience there at Sundance. <laughs> He George can mark to, yeah, George can mark the Sundance Fair. I was only I only got to go to the Napa Valley one, but George can probably talk to Sundance Fair than I can. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's at, talk about your experience then. Yeah, at Napa Valley, um, the there were the two showings actually. So there was a actually three showings, I should say. Um, there was one for I think it was fifteen hundred students in the Napa Valley for the school districts as part of an educational program. Uh, there was the showing that you happened to see me at, and even at that showing, right, I got lots of questions from first responders because of the fires in the Napa area, and had um, you know uh, a, um, a wildland firefighter come up to me after that showing and say thank you. And this is exactly what we need and when can we start using it um, and people sharing their stories. Um, the most amazing reaction I got, though, was at the Sunday night showing from the Napa Valley Film Festival. Um, and that was a smaller theater and that was part of the bigger um, film festival uh, showing as well. And um, 
it was a small theater, but it was pretty packed. Um, I was I was actually pretty surprised for it being one of the last showings of the, the uh, film festival. And then we did a small Q and A at the end of that, and I maybe we had almost an hour Q and A after the film um, that we didn't really quite realize uh, was going to be like that. I think that you know I had everyone from uh, wildfire uh, response teams to uh, a parent who said her child had seen the film at the educational event and said, "Mom, you have to go see this film." And so her and her husband had come to see the film and and reacted immediately and and were like, "Can we get this technology? How can we use it?" So for me, that was the really rewarding part is to see you know these people that have been affected and realize that you know that the technology is out there that can help people and and that the entire code and response initiative as well you know the, the general reaction from everybody was just like wow this is this is what we need is to have more of this you know people bringing ideas forward that isn't just for you know making a profit but actually trying to help people in these situations and so that to me was super rewarding is to hear that you know what I've been working on and I know what the other guys have been working on or gals in the film have been working on. Um, basically that those technologies are valued. And so that is what pushes me forward with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I think um, if everybody realized that helping others is more valuable than money in many ways, uh, you know, they go hand in hand. If you were trying to help others, you know, the money will come, I guess, as they say, but it, it is pretty amazing what you both are doing. You've, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And my guests today are George Hammer, who's the chief content officer at IBM, and Kenji Cato, who is the founder of Wildfire Report. Your other day job, uh, Kenji, is uh, working at NASA. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the Wildfire Report isn't, isn't my main day job right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a research engineer at NASA is my kind of day job, and so I work on all kinds of fun stuff there and uh, everything from vision research to uh, drone control systems and flight simulators so that, it's fun stuff but uh, yeah it's, for me I'm kind of a technology guy and uh, having worked at NASA and getting exposed to a lot of different technologies you know the code and response stuff for me it was like a way that I saw that I could provide those same skills but into a different arena which is great it really is great that you're able to do that George t- let's talk a little bit about some of the other coders that are represented in this film in Code and Response. Um, I was particularly touched by uh, Pedro Cruz and his drone aid. Uh, can you address that a little bit and talk a little bit about what he's doing and, and, and why he's doing it? Because you're right, everybody had a personal story as to why they were doing what they were doing. And I think that made the uh, film even richer, knowing that this was coming from a personal standpoint. Sure. Pedro um, w- was in Hurricane Maria, which was which was on when we filmed was the one year anniversary down there. Um, so it was pretty emotional time just at that because there were so many people who lost their lives in that hurricane. And there were still areas a year later that did not have power. Um, just amazing. So we had we had to experience uh, uh, what it how how sometimes a storm disproportionately impact people based upon different where they live and their income inequality. And so it was just a, a power, powerful uh, experience. But uh, he he being in the storm, it was not just him. It was his mom and his grandma who was, uh, I believe, in, in elderly care. And he had to try to figure out how to get from where he was to, to get to them to make sure they were okay because he couldn't, all communication was down. He couldn't reach out to them. And that experience of wondering whether your family is alive or not and, and, and trying to help them 
open up, you know, his eyes to the, the problem of not just people who of average health. There's there's people who are um, in nursing facilities when the electricity goes out, their respirators might not work. There's 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 so many there's so many issues that storms create that maybe don't make the, the news. And how do you actually get? great information to first responders uh, to some of these remote areas uh, and that you can't drive to because the storm maybe knocked out the roads. And so he created a series of drones um, to fly over areas using visual recognition and AI and Watson to uh, identify how uh, certain signals that people place, uh, um, whether they they need um, first aid, whether they need food or water, um, and also just to, to build an information packet to get first responders so they can figure out what areas should get first response first and uh yeah then it was so everyone had a certain kind of story like that but his is um you know he's he's constantly racing against the clock because puerto rico you know is going to get hit again by another hurricane and we're we're trying to help him uh get, get ready and and we did we actually went with him back to puerto rico after uh one of the hackathons and we paired him up with a uh one of the winners of the call for code hackathon um and they they used his drone to, drones to fly over and drop um, uh, with these these like ducks. You could think of them as like rubber ducks that set up uh, a communication network so that so that people can communicate, first response can communicate. There's connectivity for devices um, at, right after our first un, un, uh, natural disaster. Um, so I think that's one thing that. Uh, is powerful about these experiences is is not that you're just we're meeting developers and technicians who are trying to solve things but it's kind of a community that's being built it's and it's open source and they're be, building connections so that people like Kenji can have a discussion with someone else and see how their technologies might complement each other and how they might work together uh you to, to make one plus one equal three um and that's that's a really cool part of watching this whole community unfold yes it's got to be incredibly rewarding what did ibm is this something they've been doing for a while um, doing these hackathons and creating new pop- products? Hackathons forever, but it's for just really the last uh, two years now, focusing them around natural disasters. But IBM forever, I mean, it has been about man and machine and harmony to make society and the planet a better place. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've been talking about building a smarter planet for over uh, for decades now and you know when then we bought the weather channel and when we did that the weather channel has hundreds of uh, weather scientists and weather data that have been talking about climate change and the importance of of climate change and the impact of it and the need to do something now so you know we've adopted we've we've they've been part of our family now and it kind of brought an extra emphasis on putting our technology and hackathons together with something that's near and dear to our, our weather channel counterparts and working together on this uh, attempt to um, to do something I did not realize yeah. that you owned the weather channel so that's that's the new piece of inf- <laughs> information uh, yeah. so um, well, that, go ahead I was gonna say that data is is really invaluable as well, right? I mean, that's when for my uh, wildfire report application, that's something that I also use heavily because I has that access to that data. It makes it easier for developers like me to get access to weather information that you used to have to go through different routes to get to. And now that gives me a, another uh, route, data access to get that information that helps. And I know even uh, systems like Pedro's and so forth, that, that data becomes really useful in these emergencies. 
Well, I look forward to hearing about the products that you continue to develop in the future to continue to help uh, with these natural disasters, unfortunately, that we'll continue to have. Um, but I but I thank you both for being on the show and, and talking about this wonderful documentary, Code in Response, which is pretty much everywhere now. George, you can pretty much see it, as you said earlier, and video on demand. It's, yes, Vimeo on demand everywhere. You can stream it for free for a Prime member or rent or buy on Apple TV or Uh, Amazon. Wonderful. Code and response. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you. If you just tuned in, you've been listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And my guests today are have been uh, George Hammer, who is the chief content officer at IBM, and Kenji Cato, uh, who is the founder of Wildfire Report. And we've been talking about code and response. Thank you all for listening. If you've missed any of the Jam Price shows, you can Tune in to my website, thejampryshow.com, and all my art shows are archived there. And uh, you also can listen on the iHeart Podcast channel, Apple Play, iTunes, uh, Spotify, we're everywhere, uh, YouTube, uh, and we're on your smart TV. So there's no excuse not to listen to the show. Thank you all for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.